Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the subject, the second angel's message. We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland, in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music. This is my Father's world And to my listening ears All nature sings and rises This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas His hand the
The Second Angel's Message We will discuss this subject tonight with Elder Ray DiCardo. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Elder DiCardo and see if he is available. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Elder Ricardo. You are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening? I'm fine. Thank you, John. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to hear so. Well, Elder Ricardo, tonight we'll be discussing these questions together. What does the Babylon symbolize in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8? What does Babylon is fallen mean? Why has Babylon fallen twice? What is the wine of Babylon? And who has the wine of Babylon been given unto? And so before we start our, discuss, our discussion, I should say, should we have a word of prayer, please, Elder DeCarlo? Yes. Father in heaven, again, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have to share the faith of the three angels' message, especially as we're taking up the second angel today. Please bless us in our time, guide us and protect us, and help us to remember what a friend we have in Jesus. So be with John and I, and uh, dear God, I pray that you'll help us to break the bread of life, and that Jesus alone will be glorified. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder Ricardo, what does Babylon symbolize in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8? Well, I'm going to tell you when... Uh, this subject, the second angel's message, really is an eye-opener because you have to remember that when you're looking at Revelation 14 and there in verse 8, uh, the second angel uh, is a, in some way a response to the first. And let me explain what yes. I mean by that. When you're looking at the first angel's message, it's broken up into four parts. Fear God. Give glory to him. Number three is the hour of judgment has come. And then the fourth is the worship him who made heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Yes. Now, the first angel's message is, you know, going forth and being proclaimed. Now, there's a specific time frame when it initially it was given. And this, of course, this is given back in 1844 and a little bit before that. 
And so historically speaking, now I'm looking at the historical context. When you look yes. at the second angel's message, and there followed another angel. And really what it means in the Greek, it means they're followed after the first. In other words, they're followed a, a, a sequence. In other words, this goes hand in hand. It's not separate messages uh, in, in the sense that you have uh, something completely separate from the first. This is a, a, a continuation and in some way a response because he says now Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great nation, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So when you're looking at Babylon in this particular sense, this is the uh, the the response to what happened regarding the first angel's message. And so what does Babylon symbolize here? Um, we know that Babylon means confusion. We know that Babylon represents, in this case, the the uh, apostate churches, especially in America, um, who have fallen morally uh, in their rejection of the first angel's message. So you have a distinctive aspect regarding that. Now, I know I know that there's the uh, the uh, Revelation 18. Uh, a, rep a repetition there's a repeating of the second angel but we'll talk about that a little bit in a second but yes. you have to keep it in the context you got to keep it in the context babylon in this case means confusion because the churches the apostate churches have fallen morally because they rejected the first angel's message yes and i would like to add to that um for what the elder Ricardo has stated is that notice that it says she made all nations drink of the wine mm. of the wrath of fornication. So here we see that there's a gender. And as we had studied before, when the church is in the pure state, well, God likened his church to a woman, basically. Mm. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 2. And we've, we've covered this in previous radio shows. That's why we're just briefly covering this again. And so, in essence, as the other Ricardo said, here we're talking about God's church, what it's become, listeners. So, um, and again, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 2, we've covered this in previous shows, where it says, I've likened the daughter of Zion to be a comely and delicate woman. That's the church in its pure state. In Isaiah chapter 1, and verses 8 and 21, here the Bible says, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in the vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Now, how is the faithful city become an harlot? It's full of judgment, righteous lodged in it, but now murderers. So we see, so this is why we can confidently state that this symbol here is talking about God's church in its in a fallen state. That's right. And so... Elder Ricardo, have you got anything more to add to this, or shall we move on? Well, let me just uh, dovetail into what you're saying. And when you look at Revelation chapter 12, I mean, here you have the woman. Yes. Um, and this is an entire, you know, the woman obviously giving birth uh, to the, the, the man-child who would, um, you know, save mankind. Of course, uh, this is symbolizing the church and the struggle of the church throughout yes. the history of, uh, of, of Christianity. So the entire 12th chapter signifies the meaning of a virgin, a woman, and in this case, a pure woman. And then when you look at Revelation 18, 17 and 18, by the way, you can use both chapters. 
I mean, there again, you have the apostate church symbolized as a whore. So yes. it's 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 very clear. Bible is filled with verses and chapters dealing with this issue. So when you're looking again, when you're looking at the issue of Babylon, signifying historically speaking, it is representing the confusion, uh, and this place again historically, you're looking at the apostate churches, uh, the fallen churches uh, who have rejected the first angel's message. Yes. Now, Elder Ricardo, as we move on, what does Babylon is fallen mean? Now, again, you're looking at Babylon fallen. Now, again, this is the signifying the aspect of, of a rejection. Now, let me explain. Let's go back to us in Isaiah 21. Let's go yes. over to Isaiah, the 21st chapter, Isaiah 21. And let's look here at verse 9, 21, 9. Now, this idea of Babylon is fallen, is fallen. John, the revelator, did not originate that phrase. He got that from Isaiah, and we're looking at the very chapter where it comes from. In Isaiah yes. 21, look with me here in verse 9. It says, and behold, uh, by the way, just as a context for our readers, our listeners, excuse me, for those who are listening, I want you to know that in the 21st chapter, he's talking about the fall of Babylon. And so what you're getting here in Revelation uh, 14 and in Isaiah 21, there's a direct correlation it's a parallel so in yes. isaiah 21 he's talking about the historical context of ancient babylon but john uses that as a type to signify the fall of spiritual babylon yes. so having given you that little background let's read verse 9 and behold here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen now this is this is symbolizing war yes. okay War is going to be waged against Babylon. And he answered and said, Babylon has fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods, he hath broken to the ground. So this signifies clearly that what the fall of Babylon means is it's, it's, it's over. It's, it's conquered. It's, it's, um, it's finished yes. in that particular sense. Now, I want to go back a little bit because in, when you're looking at the second angel's message, you have the first one. The first time it's given in Revelation 14, the second time in Revelation 18. And the second angel, or the second time it's given in Revelation 18, that signifies a complete fall. Yes. In, in, the, in the first one, you have a moral fall. There's a moral uh, uh, rejection of truth. Uh, and what God is doing is since that time, since when you look at the historical context of the hour of his judgment from 1844, and you're looking at a continuation. You see, what people don't realize is that the second angel's message is still sounding. It's still going forth. And it will reach a crescendo in Revelation 18 when God finally says, come out of her. You know, in other words, it's, it's, it's a complete fall. Now, it's a, it's, there's no hope of anything after that. Now, having said that, I want to take our listeners over to Daniel chapter 5. Because yes. why we want to go to Daniel 5? Well, Daniel 5 describes what Isaiah chapter 21 just described, and that's the fall of Babylon. So what does it mean when it says Babylon has fallen? Well, let's go over here, and we don't have time, obviously, to go through the whole chapter, but I want to encourage our listeners, please spend the time, go through this, and you'll be really blessed. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to recommend a book, uh, and uh, John, uh, the uh, the 
fall of Babylon type and antitype. I know yes. that you can provide that for your for the great for the listeners. Uh, they want to get in contact. They, they can ob- obtain a copy, get a purchase of that book because I would highly recommend they do, and they'll learn much much more about the fall of Babylon. Now, having said that, let me just go to Daniel five real quick and give the context. Here we have Daniel Belshazzar's feast, and um, and it is the fall of Babylon. The Medes and the Persians are coming under Cyrus the Great, and uh, and you find the handwriting on the wall. This blasphemous ceremony is conducted yes. by the Babylonian uh, uh, king or and uh, and his and his cronies. And so you find the handwriting on the wall. Nobody can read it. Daniel is called in because of the, the queen mother. She knows Daniel personally and uh, says he can read it. And so he does. And this is where we're going to pick it up in verse 25. So Daniel's called in. He says, this is the writing that was written. Mini, mini, tikel, yafarasin. So this is the what it was written. He says, this is the interpretation, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. So keep this in mind. This is all about what does the fall of Babylon signify? Tikal, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And so you see that really what it signifies, and again, historically speaking, the first time signifies a moral fall. The, the the apostate churches of Protestant Christianity in America, especially, who rejected the first angel's message, have fallen morally. And God has been calling his people out of these churches to embrace the first, second, and the third angel's message. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Elder Ricardo, for showing us historically where this picture has come from. And... Mm. I would like to also share a Bible text to add to what Elder Ricardo has said. And this is Hosea chapter 14 and verse 1. Again, it's a, the Bible this has, gives its own evidence to teach us as to why the Lord uses these symbols and historical incidents to teach us the truth. It says here, Hosea chapter 14 verse 1, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. See? And so I found that text a few days ago, which helps us to understand why a person falls. See? And, and that's another reason why well, the church has, has, and the churches have had a, a, a fall. Mm. So That is fantastic. Because of their iniquity. Mm. And again, um, and I'll just say this quickly before we move on to the next question. Psalm 28 verse 3 is another Bible text that explains what, iniqui- what iniquity is. And that's one of my favorite proof texts to use. Psalm 28 verse 3, where it says, Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. So you see, it's willful deception. It's, yep. it's willful deception. And so that's the spirit. Of, of a person that has iniquity but anyway and um now and i know that elder ricardo's explained this in principle why has babylon fallen twice well let's go back and let's talk about that again let's emphasize this point again historically speaking historically speaking yes you have to see the three angels message as uh as a dovetailing of when you look at for example um 
well, we could go into aspects of Revelation 10, Revelation 12. You can see some aspects, how it, how it fits into the concept as you get down to the latter end of those chapters. However, when you start to look at this, you have to realize that Babylon, this message of the, it falling in Revelation 14, 8, is repeated again in Revelation 18, 1 to 4. And so what do we have here? We have a historical context where it began in sometime around the 1840s, uh, right around that period of time, and it, can ter- it carries on, and it continues on. And then you have a, another uh, um a magnified uh, uh, repetition of this message, because really when you get down to the uh, 18th chapter of Revelation, it's the final invitation to come out. It is the last call. There is no other call after this. So in other words, since 1844 and the proclamation of the three angels' message, when the first one went forth, uh, there was a lukewarm response, as you indicated very nicely, because of the iniquity that existed in the heart with, of the churches. They fundamentally rejected the first angel's message, and in so doing, then kicked in the second angel's message at his, as it followed. So, well, then Babylon, the confusion, and this is the reason why they're called Babylon or the daughters of Babylon, yes. is because they've embraced the lie. Not the truth, they braced the lie, and thus brought them in a state of spiritual confusion. And in so doing, they fell away morally, morally. And so God is now calling his people to come out and of, of those false uh, systems who have rejected the first angel's message and uh, and to embrace, uh, have his people embrace the three angels' message in its fullness. And then this message of, of, of the fall of Babylon will reach a crescendo, will reach the, the, the pinnacle as it comes down to the near the end of time, as we look at the nearness of the second coming, and that message will go forth with great power. As a matter of fact, Revelation 18 says, the earth was lightened with his glory. So this is a global message that will go forth and, and cap itself in, in, in the finality of calling God's people out of the systems. Because what's interesting, unlike the first time it's given, in the second time, God brings utter ruin to the Babylonian system. In other words, if you look at the first time it's given in Revelation 14, 8, God is telling them he's doing two things. One, he's signifying the the fall of, of the apostate systems. And number two, he's calling people to come out of those systems. That's number, those two things. Now, but if you go to Revelation 18, Yes, you find that God is telling them that the churches, uh, the apostate systems, have fallen. He's calling the people to come out, but He also says, "Because their sins have reached unto heaven." In other words, the cup is full now, and now God brings judgment. It's over. In other words, this is the last call. And I'm going to be very honest with our listeners now. I really believe we are reaching that point. To be very frank, based on the signs of the times. So, so that's why you have it repeated twice. That's why the significance is given regarding the nature of this message. So you have to look at it from 1844, and then reaching a crescendo just at the at, at the uh, just before the second coming of Jesus. Yes, and listeners, again, we would reiterate that it's highly important for you to understand who Babylon is. It's not the police force. It's not the no. government, which is what no. many people believe. You know, it's not 
um, those who are in politics against you. The Bible's nope. clear that it's symbolic of the religious systems that have apostatized against God, the Christian churches that have rejected the truth of God. And yep. this, this has to be absolutely clear to you because that's what the Lord is saying. You yep. know, many listeners, you may wonder why there's so much confusion in the Christian church. Well, the Lord has explained to us why there is right before us, which is the reason why we're going through this message. Because mm. of the rejection of, of the first angel's message and, and, and the truth of God that has been sent to them. So, Elder Ricardo, now, what is the wine of Babylon? Well, now, good. This, this goes right into it because what has caused these people within these churches and these institutions themselves to reject God's truth? Now, you uh, have already um, uh, given a very clear description of the fact that clearly iniquity resides within their hearts and within yeah. the system itself. In other words, there's a there's an uh, they admire and I use this in in, in a spiritual sense. You know, they admire sin more than they admire God, and they, there's a homage that they pay to to apostasy and to sin and iniquity than they do loyalty to the Lord God Almighty. So, what are we talking about now regarding the nature of the wine of Babylon? Because the Bible makes it clear she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So, what is this? Wine that is so deadly and so uh, um, corrupt that it would cause the world to go astray. Yes. So let's look in our Bibles, Isaiah 29. This is where we've got to go. So let's look at Isaiah 29. And uh, as there are listeners are turning there, I want to just explain. As you're looking at the 29th chapter, Isaiah the prophet is going to be describing the delusion and the falsehood and the corruption uh, that resides within uh, those uh, who claim really to even to be with God. In other words, there's this false uh, profession. However, though, you've got to understand something. This is a symbolic description. So in other yes. words, he's using wine as a metaphor. It is symbolically representing something. So let me, let me dial it back just a little further. Look, wine symbolizes... Or, or I should say wine is an agent whereby a person, if they drink enough of it, they'll get drunk. It will destroy your perception. You won't be able to discern correctly. See, wine is uh, is taking fruit, in this particular case, grape. Uh, grapes and you ferment them you 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 basically corrupt the grape the pure juice you you want it to be corrupted so so already just by understanding the process of how to make wine you're getting some very interesting insights to what the wine represents yes. and so god is going to show us now look at isaiah 29 watch this isaiah 29 starting with verse 9 and he says this stay yourselves in other words the word stay yourselves mean be still Calm down, he says, and wonder. He says, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine, not with literal wine. In other words, yes. here we come with the symbolic wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. So in other words, alcoholic beverages isn't making them stagger. It's not making them drunk. Yet the Bible says they are drunk and they do stagger. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered, meaning they, they can no longer prophesy. 
Yes. The vision of all is becoming to you of the words of a book that is sealed. In other words, they can't comprehend it, which a man delivers to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. He saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. The book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I'm not learned. Now, why are they so spiritually drunk? What has happened to them? Look, what has gone on here? Something's seriously wrong. Well, let's look now, verse 13. This is the key. Yes. Wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as this people draws near to me with their mouth. In other words, they give a profession that they love God. Oh, we love you, Lord. We, we praise you. He says, and with their lips, they do honor me. All right. So these are people who praise God, who give honor to him in their lips. He says, but, but have removed their heart far from me. Yes. And their fear toward me, listen, this is the key, is taught by the precept of men, the doctrines of men. Yes. So what are they listening to? These are people who give God lip service, but their heart is not uh, rendered unto the Lord. And uh, the reason being is because they listen to the, the false doctrines. Uh, doctrines of men, the traditions of men, uh, instead of a thus saith the Lord. Now, having read that to you, let's go to Matthew, over yes. to the gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter, Matthew 15. Jesus is going to quote what we just read. And I want you to listen to how Jesus puts this. Matthew 15, we're now looking at verse 7, 15 verse 7. Jesus is speaking. He says, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying now at this point, he's quoting Isaiah uh, uh, chapter 29. He's quoting the very chapter we just read out of. Yes. He says this, this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But the heart is far from me. And now Jesus lays the axe to the root, makes the application and states the following. But in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. And yes. so what is the wine of Babylon that is making the apostate churches drunk? What is it? It's the, it's the man-made doctrines that are not founded in the word of God. It is ma it's man's commandments. Taking the place of a thus saith the Lord. You know, John, yes. I, I tell you this. Uh, I, I believe with all my heart, it's not enough to sing a praise to Jesus, although we should and rightly so do that. But if you don't render heartfelt obedience to God's word, uh, then yes. your, your, your praise amounts to nothing. So the fundamental question we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to obey God or man? And by the grace of God, we need to obey God. Yes. Yes. Well, certainly, Elder Ricardo, and thanks for explaining it's so clearly to us. And could I ask this question? Is this why, therefore, it's called fornication, in essence? Oh, now, now it's very interesting, the wine of a fornication. Well, what is fornication? Now, yes. this is a very fascinating concept. So fornication, and let's look at it from a, from a, a, a literal sense, not, a, not necessarily a spiritual sense, although we're going to make the application accordingly. So fornication is an illicit union between two parties. Yeah. That's what fornication is. In this particular case, fornication is a sexual act. So it's a very intimate act, and it's a very personal act. 
And yet the problem is the union is not sanctioned by God. It's a forbidden union. And so when it says the wine of her fornication, they're so drunk by following the commandments of men, they commit an illicit union that God does not sanction. And if you want to get even closer regarding the nature of that union, all you have to do is look at Revelation 18, and that's the kings of the earth uniting with the whore. So what do you have in in this illicit union is the unification of church and state. Yes. And although they call that dovetails nicely into our last question this evening as we've just initially <laughs> spoken about who has the wine of babylon being given unto well that's there you go exactly if you go let's first of all let's go to revelation 14 8 then we're going to cross over to revelation 18 yes let's go first the 14 8 it says this and there followed another angel saying babylon has fallen has fallen that great city because she hath made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So stop right there. So in this particular case, when you look at the context, all nations have drunk of the wine. In other words, this is a very fascinating concept because really what it's teaching is that the false doctrines, the wine of Babylon, is permeating. Uh, It's not Uh, self-contained. It's permeating throughout society. And so, and, and so when you look at the, the uh, 14th chapter of Revelation, we know all nations have drunk of the wine. Yes. So, by the way, which also proves that the message is universal in nature. Uh, this is not an isolated event. So having said that, that's how you understand that regarding the uh, wine of Babylon, who received it then. Historically speaking, we have all nations drinking it. But now you go to Revelation chapter 18. Yes. And let's look here now, starting with verse 1, Revelation 18, verse 1. It says, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Now, this is a repetition of the um, uh, second angel's message of Revelation 14, except in this particular case, more power is given unto the second angel uh, to finish out the work. Yes. And really what we're looking at here, even though this is a repeating of the second angel, it, this is actually classified as the fourth angel. Uh, it's a very fascinating concept. But nonetheless, let's continue on. He says, he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen. Now, it's interesting at this point, he adds Babylon, the great. That great is not found in Revelation 14. Yes. But in this case, he calls Babylon, the great is fallen. Is fallen now. Why is it? There's a significant difference between that. It says Babylon has fallen, has fallen versus Babylon the Great, because that's that signifies she at this point, historically speaking, when this prophecy is given in Revelation 18 at the end of time. You see, Babylon is ruling the world. Yes, and she she thinks she's the, she's the greatest thing in the you know the history of mankind. Nothing's greater than her. Not even God Himself. And so, what there's an emphasis to show how arrogant she is how boastful she is, yet the Bible says she will be brought low and she will be destroyed forever. So God is emphasizing here to show the people who's reading these scriptures the arrogance of Babylon at this point in time. Yes. But her arrogance is not going to save her. It's going to bring her down. So remember what the Bible says, pride goes before the fall. So yes. let's look at this. It says, says that it's fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, demons, spiritualism, wickedness of every kind, and secret societies. Look at it goes on, and hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Every wicked, vile, unclean thing uh, resides in her. Yes. She is corrupt. 
all secret societies, every spiritualism, demonism, uh, witchcraft, um, necromancy, um, uh, you name anything that's wicked, vile, corrupt, evil, perverted, it, 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 it resides within her. Um, and then it goes on to say, now, here's the key. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Yes. Uh, so now, again, we have a repeating of Revelation 14.8. But then it says this. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the yes. merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacy. So now we have two other groups mentioned. So we have the kings of the earth as well as the merchants of the earth. Yes. And, of course, so the kings of the earth are obvious. These are the political leaders of the world. But who are the merchants of the earth? Very clearly, if you study Revelation 18, they are the power brokers who who make uh, commerce uh, uh, possible. In other words, these are the people, the 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 elitists of running Wall Street and the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. These are the elite power brokers uh, in commerce. Okay, yes. and then as a matter of fact, there's a there's a fourth group in there. If you look very carefully in Revelation 18, they're the shipbuilders of the world. Uh, these are the transportation people who transport goods. Uh, all over the world. There are three ways which you can transport goods uh, fundamentally on land, by sea and air. And of the yes. three, the, the number one means by which you transport goods, you know, importing, and exporting is by sea, not by land and not by air. Yes. And so the reason that they're mentioned is because what's happening here, John, it's over the economic, political religious systems that are corrupt and bankrupt, they're all coming to an end. Yes. And Elder Ricardo, I think as well that um, we, sh we should again make the people understand clearly who we're talking about because we're not putting no punches here. We're, we're, we're primarily looking at the papacy who's leading That's out right. and assisting the Roman Catholic Church Yep, and all the religious bodies who support this institution, that's religious right. bodies, and that's basically what the Bible is has taught us, and this is actually what is going on in the world, mm. listeners. And this, we're not talking conspiracy theory, but conspiracy fact. Yes, absolutely. This is the truth of it, and you see, all roads lead to Rome. And so, quite simply, if you really want to know what's going on in the world, you basically have to look at the corrupt religious bodies that are now leading out and who have infiltrated every aspect of society, basically. So that's what the Bible's told us, and that's the practical reality of the fact, and that's why this is such a strong message that God has given to the world, you see. And um, so... Yeah, so again, Babylon is not the police force, it's not the government, it's the professed Christian church who, that has become unfaithful to God and has rejected its truth. And rather than being married to God, it's become married to the doctrines, do, doctrines of men, false doctrines, basically such satanic teachings. Mm. And I can't, and Elder Ricardo, we can't lay this any simpler than we have at this point. The scripture tells us and history testifies that this is the truth as it is in Christ Jesus. Mm. So we'll, we're going to have a break for some music now and we'll come back and round off with some closing thoughts.
Some want a crown, but they won't bear their cross, cause it takes everything to serve the Lord. Some want bright mansions, but they won't pay the cost, cause it takes everything to serve the Lord It takes your hands and your head and your heart Yes, it takes you all It takes everything to serve the Lord It takes your time and your means and your prayers lest you fall It takes everything to serve the Lord Somewhere his name While they still live in shame But it takes everything To serve the Lord They want to be seen But they don't want to be clean but it takes everything to serve the Lord. It takes your hands and your head and your heart. Yes, it takes you all. It takes full surrender to serve the Lord. It takes your time and your means and your prayers are less you fall, it takes everything, everything, child, to serve the The second angel's message. Elder Ricardo, closing thoughts for this evening, please. Well, I think when you start to look at Revelation 14, 8, in relation to Revelation 18, verses 1 to 4, I think you can't help but realize there's a great invitation God has given to everyone to take a spiritual, uh, you know, revaluation of their life, to look deeply within their own hearts and realize where that they stand. And also to recognize that the time has come to come out of these false systems. They are corrupt. They have rejected the first angel's message. They are rejecting in their process of uh, you know, the continuation of their rebelliousness, the second angel and the third angel. And so it's high time that, that we take heed, that we realize God is preparing the way for his saints to stand on uh, the truth and not on the fables and, and the doctrines of men. So it, I would encourage everyone who's listening, please take heed and come out of Babylon before it's too late. Amen. Let's have a closing word of prayer now this evening. Father Ricardo, sorry. That's all right. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, we thank you for all you've ever done for us, the many blessings you've bestowed upon us, the many 
many miracles that have been performed without even us even understanding or realizing it. And please forgive us for being so blind to the miracles you perform for us from day to day. I pray, dear God, you'll help us each one to remember, dear Lord, the powerful message of the second angel of Revelation 14 and Revelation 18. Oh, Lord, please give us the moral courage, the strength to stand in defense and honor of your name. So please, Lord, once again, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and grace us with your presence. And dear God, thank you once again for always being there for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCardo, thank you for joining us this evening on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free bookmark called The Second Angel's Message. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 51, you will find the subject, the second angel's message. This chapter will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in dash z dash wilderness dot podcast page dot io forward slash. And as Elder DiCarlo had mentioned, you can also buy from us a book called The Fall of Babylon in Type and Antitype, and you can order that from us at wildernesspublications.org. On next week's show, we will discuss the question, who is Babylon? Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.